Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Visit No One Likes Us Clothing for all your Millwall clobber. www.noonelikesus.co.uk Hi, I'm Gary Rowett and you're listening to the world famous Acton Millwall. Hello dear listeners, welcome to Achtung Millwall, much imitated but never beaten. Welcome to our Something for the Weekend show. And, and he's, joining me is my regular co-host for these little Thursday and Friday jumps sometimes, Mr Neil Fissler. How are you, Neil? Yeah, not too bad, Nick. Not too bad. Yaki da, as they say across the river. Yaki da. Well, not quite. I was just saying to Neil off air, he's actually away at the moment, so working with a fairly agricultural, rural internet stream here. I'm hoping that it produces sound quality suitable for your your delicate ears, but I'm actually just about on the... I'm still in England, um, but the river at the bottom of our garden forms the boundary between England and Wales. On the other bank, I can see it through our back window here, is Wales itself. But I'm still in England, Neil, so I'm still in God's country. <laughs> yeah, but this is the original... <laughs> Show from the makers of, really, isn't it? Don't, don't, uh, don't know where the, the real Millwall fan show comes from. I think it was Love. Sport. Oh, we 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 put that together. That was that was um that was the radio show that when Aaron was on Love Sport Radio, the event is now um gone. Obviously, he's moved on to the BBC, but uh, that was the name of our show that we did on Love Sport Radio. Um, they actually had quite a good idea on that show. It was to put together like a, an evening's uh, radio, live radio show of, of uh, composed around the, the main podcast for all of the London clubs. It's actually a really good um, idea. They never really, I thought, um, exploited that idea, nor did they advertise themselves enough around the football grounds. But that was, um, I'm not going to tell Kelvin McKenzie how to run a, a business, Neil, am I? But that's what I might have done. I might have advertised it a little bit at the main football grounds, but it was a great station. Um, and I really enjoyed working on there. But that was the name of our radio show on there, The Real Mill Fan Show. Yeah, it reminds me of the YouTube channel that used to get me on quite a lot. Sports Tonight Live, I think it was called, a few years ago. Yeah, there's a lot of um, there's a lot of demand. I mean, obviously, the, the going off tangent here a little bit, listeners, but, I mean, the, we live in the world now of YouTube and, and easy access, even doing this show that we do, Neil. Um, it's a kind of like a... A successor to the old fanzines of the past where fans have a voice and I'm all for having a voice um 
I suppose sometimes the the price that comes with that is you can lose a bit of quality sometimes. I don't know if that's being unfair on 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 um, you know on on those that actually put their heads above the parapet and make stuff because I'm, I'm all in favour of people doing stuff and choice and you know you tune into what you want to listen to whatever that might be whatever direction um but you can't you can't skimp on the quality in my opinion i think sometimes it's easy to just put stuff out um raw if if you want i don't know if i'm making sense listeners but i do try to um edit our shows to give a, a decent listen that's always been my aim and i'm hoping that that's that's what people Tune into us for but yeah, well, more power. Everyone, anyone that does that. <laughs> <Some originality. laughs> hope so. Hope so. Oh, dear. anyway, let's move along. Let's move along. Get off of that. Um, nil nil, whole city nil last weekend. Um, I watched it down here, listeners, on a stream that um came and went with the mooing of the cows outside. Um, I saw enough nil to know that it was a very, very frustrating watch. Did you get to see it, mate? Did you, did you have a view of, of the game last week? Mate, I'm trying to forget about that game last week. I think uh, I think it's best forgotten, isn't it? Uh, nil-nil against 10 men. Uh, yeah. It, 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 just as it seems like we're taking three steps forward, we take four back, don't we? I, yeah, well, I know it's not a defeat, but it wasn't a good week. It for felt them. like it. I think, and I was thinking about this before we did the show today, Neil, because it felt a bit like a, a disappointment. I've got every sense watching on from afar that the den was disappointed. Um, and I just looked through uh, Richard Corley's takeaways piece that he does on the South London Press, London News Online. Um, and there's a sense of, you know, that we should have done a lot better. I don't know. But then I watched the YouTube clips and, you know, I wasn't there. So I wasn't in the cold and rain and I hadn't kind of invested in, in, in being at the game. I've been away this week. Um, but actually, when you when you take a step back, we're not in a bad position. We're just three points off of the top six. Um, yes, we should have beat Hull and it would have been um, joyous if we'd have beat, got one of those chances. On, on another day, any one of those near-miss chances, and we did have a few there, Neil, that would have, they would have gone in and, you know, we'd have come away with a win and everyone would have been feeling a lot better. It was just sometimes luck plays its part in football as much as tactics. Yeah, but that's the great thing about this division, I think, this season, is that we haven't scored in a... <laughs> Yeah, we went three games, three, three games, games like scoring, haven't we, at the yeah. minute? Yeah, yeah. But, but because everything's so close, we are three points away. But then again, another way of looking upon it is we're, well, we're a lot closer to the bottom than we've really... <laughs> It's like a glass half empty. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, no, it's true, though, isn't it? Yeah, we haven't scored in, yeah, we've just gone three games without scoring. Because of because of the makeup of the league, actually, I'd quite like to have seen us win that game. Birmingham, I think we spoke about, didn't we, last week? That was a frustration. It's been a frustrating couple of weeks, really, and it's a you want to get a little bit of momentum going into this break, don't we? Or the pause or whatever they the pause, the World Cup pause that looms. Yeah, no, I, I, I take those points, and I, I. I um... I get entirely. If I'd have been in the in the ground last Saturday, I would have probably felt as frustrated as everyone that was there. And so I'm never going to knock that. Um, we do struggle. I'm just looking at the four takeaways that Richard's got here. And 
first one he mentions there, we can't, we didn't exploit the red card situation, but we've never historically, Neil, exploited situations where we we, we are the favourites. I, th I think there's something in the mill DNA that says we must be the underdog, or else we can't we can't beat a team. You know, it, it's, it's it's something deep. I think we we've never been good with the weight of expectation on our shoulders, and even on small situations like that, down to ten men, you know, the opponents. Um, we can't find a way. And I don't know why, but I mean, that's been so over the 50 years I've been going. I mean, you'd probably say the same. I mean, we've just never done, never done well against 10 men, have we? I don't know why. Well, yeah, it's a strange one because I think that we struggle to break teams down at times, don't we? And if they shove eight or nine, 10 men behind the ball, it's something mm. that we struggle. We struggle to unlock. We don't create. And when we do create, there's nobody to get on the end of it, or I no, yeah, without criticizing him too much. One thing that I did notice last week is Fleming seems to blow a lot, very hot and cold. Uh, tries the Hollywood stuff too often. And, uh, yeah, you mentioned this to me, and I was thinking about that because that was the point that you made, I think, on on the um, on on WhatsApp, and I, I get that. Um, I. As, as counsel, King's counsel for the defence of Zian Fleming, I'm gonna, I'm, I, I thought about that, and I know what you mean, because towards the end he had a, a very ambitious shot from, I mean, it was, but I think it was more frustration on his part. I, I think he's a talent. I think that he does try the unusual, and I suppose when that comes off, you look brilliant. And when towards the end of a tough, dogged match, you're trying Hollywood balls or shots or whatever way you want to put it, you look like the, um, you know, it, it can blow up in your face somewhat. Um, I, I, I do, I do know what you mean. I mean, I suppose that I think he's going to be the kind of player that will frustrate managers because he's always going to go for the flamboyant option. Um, the crowd, he's a, he's a crowd pleaser rather than a, a manager's dream of, of the workhorse. I, I don't know if that's the, a fair assessment of him, but um, I, I really like him. Listeners oh, yeah, can no, I, like I think he's a great player. player. Yeah, no, I think he's a fantastic player. He's kind of player we've been crying out a long time for, but I think there's a time and a place for everything. And and trying and trying 30 yard Rabona passes, that's an exaggeration, but you know what I mean. Uh, no, I know trying, what you mean. Trying to shoot from outrageous distances, it, not quite what we needed. No, no. I mean, the, the, the ball into the box. I mean, but then I suppose on, on an afternoon where nothing seemed to work for us. That said, we did have plenty of chances. I, I, I do, I, I, I think I'll be more worried. I, I, I'll always take the point that we don't have a top-class striker, but, you know, show me many um, expensive players in the Championship that are top-class, really. Um, we certainly don't have that. Good old Tom Bradshaw is the epitome of hard-working effort. Um, but in the end, you know, even, that has its limitations. And we reached it last Saturday. Um, to find the kind of striker that we need to to really um, unpick that defence, because I, I, I thought Hull, I mean, as much as they were um, shithousing their way through the game, I thought they were really well organised. I mean, <laughs> you know, they, they 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 didn't give an inch and we just struggled to find a way through that. But I think that's that's a common streak, certainly this season. I think we, we do um, we do struggle when teams 
sharp shot nil. Um, we don't have that level of uh, footballing intelligence to un- un- unpick it. And I include the manager on that because I think he's, you know, I think he reaches his limits at times, especially against these these kinds of opponents. Yeah, I think that. I yeah, I think if there is one weakness, I think everybody can see it that we do lack a, a top class striker. I think it's something that yeah. I've got ambitions we have spoke about. We do need to address, but they ain't yeah. cheap. And um, whether or not we're going to rely on John Berylson to stick his hand in his pocket and uh, find five million quid hiding behind the sofa. <laughs> Or a couple of million. <laughs> I wonder if he does have that. I wonder if the Barry Wilson household does have, like, you know, it's fell out of his back pocket, um, for a couple of million quid <laughs> down the back of their sofa. I, I, I wouldn't have thought they would do that. That's a nice, fanciful idea, listeners. Give me <laughs> taking a taking a skip full of loose change down to the coin-matic. <laughs> <laughs> to try and cash in a couple oh, of million it's worth of uh, dimes and cents <laughs> and things like that, just so we can just so we can put in a bid for a strike. Down the back of our city would be crumbs, um, <laughs> maybe a coin, <laughs> possibly, possibly a bit of paper or something. I don't know, but um, yeah. Anyway, we probably shouldn't dwell on the the back what goes down the cushions at the John Barrels and Hills on, but. Um, be nice to find. I think he would find five million quid down there or something for a strike. <laughs> um, on the good side, on the good side, Neil. I mean, uh, Richard's made this point that the clean sheets are racking up. I suppose you got to exclude um, Huddersfield because that wasn't a clean sheet. But um, I think he's making a point that defensively we've tightened up a lot, um, which I suppose is a fair point. Um, it would be nice if we could score some goals. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. to, uh, to go with that that, that bonus point, wouldn't it? Um, but we break. We're going to go to Preston North End uh, Saturday. I'm recording this on the Thursday, listeners. Nearly said tomorrow, but Preston away on Saturday. They're also, they're not badly placed. They're in seventh position. So they're only three points in front of us. Um, so they are rivals. They are playoff place rivals, really. So we can put a lot right if we get a result up there at Deepdale on Saturday. Yeah, good mate of mine, Swanee, uh, goes to some of their games, enjoys a little bit of corporate hospitality. And he re- okay. and by the sounds of things, they've got the same problem as us, and that's sticking the ball in the back of the net. <laughs> they're quite sound, yeah, I they're think quite sound defensively and in midfield, a bit like us, but then they but yeah. but they do struggle to Put the ball in the back of the net. Always, always I feel another nil nil coming, Neil. <laughs> Mate, I think you're right. I think another nil nil coming. Yeah, I think you're right. I think it's yeah. I don't know what our records like up there offhand, but it's not one of those places that immediately jumps out that we do well at. Anywhere where the route from the station to the ground involves turning left at the prison um, is normally going to be a tough. <laughs> Invariably, a, a long northern trek up, up there. Um, but yeah, I mean, we, we're coming into the World Cup break. It would be nice if we can nick a result up there. We'll, we'll see. I've got a, a private message here from Kevin Fuller. Thank you to Kevin for contacting me via Twitter. Uh, it's a great show last week. This game was very frustrating as we've been as have been the last three games. We really need a manager, Neil, who firstly can reorganise what we're missing up front then have the right contacts to bring in loan players to push us on to the next level. 
Uh, Kenny Jackett had the right contacts and always brought me an excellent loan player such as Chris Wood and Harry Kane back in the day. Uh, Nottingham Forest lose, used the loan market well to get them promoted last year. I mean, the, the point about loan players is a valid one, I think, because we do have the January um, break, uh, the January transfer window rather, looming soon. So given that we probably won't be able to lash out and buy the kind of talent that we're, we're talking about, it's going to be interesting to see if we can exploit a lone player, a striker, I would imagine, to come in and well, maybe change it. Three lone players. We've already got three lone players. Yeah, I don't think you can have many more, can you? No, unless we send some back. Um, I, I wonder. Um, yeah, no, I, I, I take that point. But it's, I think that if, if we're going to change it up front, unless we're going to stick with the, the format that we've got now, um, but then that would involve using players like, um, I mean, Isaac Galofe was on, on the bench on Saturday. He didn't get a, didn't get a chance at all. Um, I think a phobie was injured last week, if I remember rightly. I, I mean, arguably, arguably, we have we have strikers. It's just um, giving them game time and giving them the chances and, and hopefully a bit of luck to to get the goal. But um, we'll see, we'll see. Loan the loan market. Oh, you're right. I think you have a maximum number of loans, don't you? That you can you can use in any one. Yeah, well, I don't think world, he trusts. I don't think he trusts. No, I don't either. Achtung, Mailball. Say thank you properly to everyone that took part in the Poppy Day collections, Neil. Um, one of the things, and we've just touched on on the loyalty and the and the kind of um, the drive of, of, of Millwall fans is the Millwall show. Um, but I just want to take my hat off to everyone that that um, collected poppies. And I, I saw a post by Phil uh, Phil Clark Mel who organised. She had a stand going over at. Um, the side of the of the Barry Kitch stand, and there were the others. And if I'm not naming, it's because I just haven't haven't seen them. But I know there are plenty that get involved in um, the Poppy Day collection, and we're always uh, an outstanding club when it comes to these kinds of charitable collections. And it sometimes takes my breath away, Neil, the amount that for a, a much maligned club and a much maligned support, which I will come back to later in my little notes here. Um, but we just give so much, and it's not just not. I don't know if we want it widely known or acknowledged, but it isn't, is it? As a you know, as a stereotype for us. Yeah, no, Mel. I think she puts an awful, a tremendous amount of work into this, and the organisation behind it is absolutely mind blowing. I don't think I'd have the patience to do it. <laughs> if I'm quite honest, and, uh, patience is what's required. I mean, I, I, I don't think I have it as I get older. <laughs> yeah, but I get bored after five minutes. It's bad enough doing a podcast, <laughs> but they're actually physically, but they're actually, actually physically the work that goes into this and uh, to organise the poppies, to organise the servicemen, to organise the boxes, and then you've got to organise getting the money to where it needs to go, yeah. and yeah, and the poppies, and just it, it, it's just absolutely mind blowing that. A little club like ours, and I'm actually going to praise the MFC, actually, or uh, yeah, the Millwall Support Club. Supported the MSC, yeah, 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 the MSC. That actually, they actually got one of those Tommy cutout things. I think. Yeah, I've seen that. It's a uh, striking image. Yeah, yeah. Put it by the Lee Callahan Memorial Bench. Yeah. Um, and they had a small service, I think, after the game. But just small things like that, it just shows what a special club this is. 
to be honest, and that we do get maligned, we do get everything else, but but deep down, uh, we've got a tremendous set of fans that only want to help. I thought, yeah, I well, know that I'm going to include you in this, doing this podcast, and giving everything away to uh, to the food hub. We don't take anything out of this. No, we don't. We don't even no. take. Yeah, well, yeah, we're doing this by StreamYard. I know you pay for this yourself. And yeah, well, I mean, it's, it's a for me, it's a hobby. It's a hobby that I enjoy. Um, enjoy talking to the likes of yourself, Neil, and all the other guys on on on, on the show. Um, I find it. Um, it, some people collect stamps. Uh, some people <laughs> um, collect coin. All sorts of. Things. You know what I'm saying here. This, this for me is an enjoy something I enjoy doing. And if we, it does produce some money. The you, everyone that tunes into the show will hear some adverts, and that produces an income stream. And I believe that you shouldn't do something like this for your own personal gain. I think that it's it, you're, you're, I'm asking the likes of yourself. You're a professional journalist, and some of the other guys are, you know, the, the journos and all sorts. But they're giving their time for nothing. Um, I don't personally feel that you should pocket that money because that's, it wouldn't be right. And so we have some great causes at the den, the food hub, Kelly, and. Um, those that help with the, the, the community scheme do tremendous work. I'm just proud to be able to give it to a, a cause, you know, keeping kids fed is the most basic thing of the lot. And I include all the people we just, we just mentioned here with the Poppy Day because a lot of time and effort goes into it. Um, the work, half the battle, listeners, you want to know who half the battle is, 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 is liaising with people. It's that's half your, that's half your task in dealing yeah, with no, people. You know, it's a full time job in itself, isn't it? Trying to organize everybody and organizing people in the right places and yeah, yeah. Like and dealing with dealing with people with their own ideas and all sorts of things. You know, it's, it's that's that's half half of it. Um, you either enjoy that or you don't, and not everyone can do it. So, I take my hat off to everyone that got involved in that remembrance service last week it was um it was i mean i watched it on screen it was really really well done the servicemen coming out we do these things very very well and uh, it's something we should all be very very proud of in my opinion um just to to leap around my little agenda here i mean we've just mentioned stereotypes of mill i'm, I'm not I, I was i had i don't know if i laughed or cried when i saw this it was in the sun neil um it's a. I got a big picture of the M25. I imagine with um, the Just Stop Oil protesters on on the gantries, um, and the, the banner headline. Um, I got a queue of traffic going along the M25, but the banner headline for this this article, which I haven't got the picture of, but it says the police must get tough on the eco protesters. Cops would never use this softly, softly approach with Millwall fans. <laughs> I thought. Um, on the one hand, you can laugh at that because it's it's kind of um, there's I suppose there's an amusement factor in there, but then there's this kind of idea that Millwall fans need to be treated like they're um, doing Animal. some criminal activity. You know, I mean, I, I know we sing "No One Likes Us" and we don't care, and that's that's a great song, and we all, you know, I, I don't know. There's there's a lot going on in that headline. I'll read it again for listeners. The police police must get tough on the eco protesters. Cops would never use their softly, softly approach with Millwall fans. Um, there's a lot built into that sentence, I think, don't you? I, I, I find it um, breathtaking. I mean, 
we've become a byword for um, I don't know. It's, it's, we've become a, a cliche in the eyes of the media. I mean, we'll never change it. Whether we want to change it is a question as well. But that, that, there's just a huge amount built of, of assumption built into that sentence there, don't you think? Well, it might surprise you, but I've got one or two things to say about this. <laughs> That's what I, thought. I thought I'd just go on mute and lean back now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, you might as well. Uh, the weaponization of Millwall, it, it, it's tedious. And this is coming from a mm. media organization that is owned by News International that hacked a dead girl's telephone to get a story and yeah. a newspaper that has made up stories of countless stories of of uh, of Liverpool fans robbing dead fans and have actually paid out for phone hacking themselves. Yeah, yeah. And to use Millwall yet again, there was a story a few years ago about they sent a, uh, an undercover reporter and he was made to feel uneasy because he was black. What a load of fucking tripe. Honestly, <laughs> it really is. And just this weaponization of Millwall and Millwall fans. There's a podcast called The Thought Police, and I quite yeah, well, I quite liked it. Mike Graham and Kevin O'Sullivan. Okay. But but well, they went down this road of oh, I'd like to see them remove Millwall fans like this. What is it? I you know, I know we all sing no one likes us, we don't care. We all like the the gasps that you get from people when yeah when they say you you who do you support and you go yeah Millwall what of it <laughs> and they'll go they're not very nice are they well fuck off if you don't like it yeah <laughs> but but just this weaponization of our club and our fan base from a from a media organisation that has done a lot worse than Millwall fans could ever do. Hacking yeah. a dead girl's phone. How how, how low is that? Honestly, yeah. I've got no time for these eco-zealots. Yeah, I think that yeah, but I shared something on social media where somebody threw a traffic cone across the road and it took one out. Yeah, like the yeah. Phil Taylor of traffic But you cone. will get that. You will get that. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's a separate question. I, I, I take your point because I... Pro- protest of this kind, whatever the rights and wrongs of the cause, as ever with protest, there's normally a, there's, there's normally a, a nugget of something in there. There is a, a good point is being made, but it's how you choose to do that and the disruption you cause to everyday people. Um, I'm thinking of when people climbed on top of the railway uh, trains at uh, Canning Town. Actually, on it, that, that was um, was it extinction rebellion. Um, if you you're not upsetting those that matter you're upsetting everyday people trying to get to work and that's where this protest goes down the, uh, the wrong road but anyway that's a well, hospital it's appointments a, and things like that yeah but it, fire brigade and all sorts you, yeah. you name everyone's got stuff they got to do and and, and you, you you achieve nothing that i believe unless you take people with you on your protest and you can talk about the rights and wrongs of these things till the cows come home but unless you take people with you, then you antagonise them, and that, that's the reverse of what you want to achieve. But the the uh, what you said about the media is interesting because um, I'm not a journalist, 
but the the thought process behind any story must it's like they cast cartoon images of the things you don't ever get the full picture because I don't know if readers or, or listeners to uh, TV or, or to readers of the, the newspapers, I think they're given very limited um, credibility by these, these the producers of these things because in their mind, you've got the, what's a Millwall fan mean? It means like a mindless thug, a Neanderthal, someone that can't string two words together and I don't know, you know, blah, blah, blah. And that's the image that's summoned up with that particular um, headline. Then you'll get people, Neil, coming back to you saying, "Ah, oh, what are we all, we all Liverpool fans? Are we are we crying our eyes out because someone said a nasty word about us?" Um, and I, I take that point. I, I, I you know, I, it's water off a duck's back to some extent. It's just it caught my eye because of the inbuilt assumption <laughs> because cops a, a are entitled to use uh, whatever a softly softly approach might mean. I don't know. Um, these people are getting nicked after a fashion. Um, but whatever a softly, softly approach isn't. So imagine what you can rough Millwall fans up, and that's okay. Is that what they deserve? I don't know. It's it's just loads built into that sentence. It just caught my eye on. on yeah, it's just a weaponization of it. I didn't really pay too much attention to it yesterday, Wednesday, I think, when it came out. And uh, but it's just it's just this constant. There are other, yeah, there's 91 other football professional football clubs in this country yeah. most of which have got far more going on than the Millwall well, and well let's put me... it this way no one no one's ever got killed at a Millwall game you know but I can think of one major club that um, is the, uh, the the apple of the media's eye in Liverpool where things have happened where people have died you know and we've never done that and yet somehow we are cast as the uh, the convenient co-peak as old, dear old Rich Burr would have put it um He's, yeah, but he's absolutely spot on. It's just, it's just that after a while, it just grinds your gears. I'm pretty much somebody that that will defend the media quite a mm. lot, obviously, because I've because I've worked in it since I was eighteen. It's just constant sly jibe after sly jibe. They don't. It shows very little imagination at all, doesn't it? No. I agree. And, I agree. Yeah, um, I said football fans on a Saturday afternoon. I just said, yeah, yeah, well, actually, I think he's got a bit of a point here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, I've known Mark was that wrote this piece. And yeah, but let's be honest. The Sun used to sell about four million. They're down to about a million, just over a million. And that says an awful lot about our biggest selling newspaper in this country. It, yeah, I, yeah. I can tell you the last time I bought a proper newspaper. No, I was thinking that, actually. I was thinking the same thing. Though. I, I was in a shop because I'm out here in rural um, Herefordshire, listeners. So um, in London, I, it was noticeable how I used to get the racks of newspapers at the petrol stations, you know, when you go in to pay for your petrol, yeah. you have a whole array of them. And I was in one the other day doing before we came away, and there was like no, there were no newspapers for sale there. There were none. There was some, one small rack of magazines inside the shop. This was a, a Sainsbury's petrol station. No newspapers, and it's really striking. I mean, I went into a place down here the other day, and they had some local papers, the Western Mail, and and um, one or two others. Um, but you think, by me, look, there's newspapers for sale, and you think how normal it once was that you had. Um, a range of you know, 10 daily newspapers going, maybe more. Um, and and that's faded and gone. 
they're they're selling, all selling millions. millions. And now, and now yeah. you find they're selling two, three hundred thousand, the vast majority a day. And but don't you think? I'm going. I'm going off on a tangent here, listeners. But that's why you tune into this show because of the interesting tangents that we go off at. I mean, Neil, you're, 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 as you just said, you're, you've been in media journalism all, all of your life. Um, the the emphasis now is on online. Obviously, that's where the the money has to be made in terms of online um, advertised content, or sometimes you might pay for it, I guess. Um, but it, it's the, the standard and quality of what. When I think back to maybe blokes you've worked with in your time, the, the quality of journalism now, in terms of insight and um, that's the memorability, that's not a word, you, know, some, you don't get the great writing that you used to get in, 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 in a lot of sport, include football, cricket and, and, uh, and rugby and, and so on. Um, it's all about knock it out fast, get it on social media and hopefully someone will click on the advert. And it just... A, a, We've gained a lot, and yet somehow we've lost a lot as well in the world of media, in my opinion. Yeah, it's all... Yeah, you used to get at least an hour after a match to write your match report. Now they want it yeah. on the final whistle, sometimes even 10 minutes before the end of the game. <laughs> so you can long, see the result. <laughs> there was a bunch of stories there, yeah? Yeah. 10 minutes before the end of the game, depending upon deadlines, but but there is this clickbait element, isn't there? And this is classic clickbait, isn't it? They know that they're going to get someone will go on. Just giving it ten minutes of, 10 and they've got us talking out. about it. Yeah, yeah. but well, there be we honest, are. The sun is a fucking rag, and I would strongly advise yeah. people yeah. not to bother buying it. Save you fifty p. Read it online well, for free. Seconded, seconded on that front. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus. Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. 
Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Achtung, Mailball. Achtung, Achtung, Christmas is a coming, dear listeners. And to quote Richard Chaplow, 26 appearances, nine sun, one goal. As he once said, you cannot beat a good board game. And we've got a good board game for you here. Achtung has teamed up with a tremendous football trivial pursuit style game called Pundit. You can follow Pundit at Pundit Games on Twitter. And it's a really nice little game, actually. It's a board game. It consists of football trivia questions, easy and hard. Some of the hard ones are very, very hard. And you move along a football pitch to score goals against your opponent it will suit the football head in your life, dear listeners. Great way to pass a Christmas afternoon. You can get a 10% discount if you visit punditgames.co.uk. That's P-U-N-D-I-T-G-A-M-E-S, punditgames.co.uk. You get a 10% discount at checkout with the code LIONS in capital letters. LIONS, capital letters. And every sale will benefit the Lions Food Hub. Um, what a better way to pass your Christmas than to enjoy a good football trivia game and to know you're doing good at the same time. So get on it. Punditgames.co.uk Achtung, Mailball. Um, little story I saw here, Neil, just to move us along. Premier League next season is going to include a winter break, a January break, kind of a week off. It sounds like a very long break, but anyway... I suppose it's establishing the principle. So the 23-24 Premier League season will break between 13th, the 13th and 20th of January. So have a week off, which doesn't seem like much of a break to me. But I think that's more about establishing it as a principle for a longer break in years to come. Yeah, they have done it in the past, haven't they? They've done it for the last couple of years where I think half the teams have had one week off and then the second half, the other half has had the following week off. I think it's uh, as long as 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 long as these clubs aren't allowed to go out to Dubai and Saudi Arabia mm, mm. and whatever else and play lucrative friendlies, yeah, which is the temptation, yeah, yeah, which which I still believe player welfare isn't the primary concern here. I think it's they're going to try and sneak a game in here or a game in there. Very, very suspicious of it. Oh, it seems yeah, a thin end of the wedge. Are they? Yeah, but they're hardly overworked. What do they do? Pitch up for a couple of hours a day, do a little bit of running around, go home, <laughs> figure out how you're allowed to spend your 50, 100 grand a week. It's hard life, isn't it? And then... The, yeah, but then every weekend they play a game and you might have to play a game midweek, but you fly everywhere first class. You don't even do your own bloody cooking. It's hardly, yeah, no, it's hardly no. a hard life, is it? Come Maybe on. there should be a protest movement called Just Stop Football. That might be. Yeah, but just stop, stop the modern Premier football. League. Stop yeah, Premier League it, football. Yeah, but I know the other day they were discussing potentially Premier League clubs don't enter the League Cup or the Carabao Cup, whatever it's called now. Carabao. Yeah, but to be fair, I wouldn't lose any sleep if they scrap that. It's not something that Mill will ever do particularly well in. And I think it's I think it's a waste of time, is really, isn't it? You very rarely 
get yeah, when you get the likes of Millwall playing a second string <laughs> against Cambridge, you know that something. <laughs> so the, the, the competition's flawed, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, that's right. So though. this is this is this is a breaking proceedings next season for Premier League clubs between the 13th and the 20th of Jan, 2024. Also, no two rounds of matches over the Christmas and New Year period will take place within 48 hours of each other. So you've got a two-day break. There we are. Bothered, I suppose, is the reaction of most listeners to this this particular podcast. Um, just one more thing from me, Neil, before we close. Um, the Lions Trust, I just, just bring listeners up to speed with where we are with the Lions Trust. It's been a very slow process, and I can only apologise to listeners. We've been dealing with Companies House. We've been dealing with the Football Supporters Association and also the fact that the Trust had fallen into um, abeyance for a few years. So anyway, we brought our accounts up to speed now with the football uh the fca the financial conduct authority um we're now registered with companies house um we are moving towards a point soon once we've got our website and and we've got a few rules and regs from the um supporters association to actually get members full paid members for the lions trust and at that point i'm hoping that we'll find um a new chairman or chair lady chairperson to take on the running of the trust um we now hold i think it's 94 shares um in the in the uh com- new revamped company that is mill um plc um i don't know if it's public limited now i think it might just be um limited mill fc limited so yeah and the, and the lions trust will look after those shares on behalf of mill fans um it will also take part in whatever fan engagement process comes out of the government's legislation and the main ones that we've touched on this before will be that supporters trust now the lions trust now it's formally um very close to being formally uh, up and running it will hold potentially um if its legislation goes through the rights to look after the identity of the club the club colors to object and hold a veto over any name changes and moves away from the area and all this kind of thing so it's a really important supporters trust it won't be terribly sexy it won't be doing stuff um, on a regular basis that will catch the eye it's not a supporters uh, club it's not a protest group it is a very probably a fairly sober um organization that looks after the shares and holds these important responsibilities on behalf of Millwall fans we will be posting soon, I hope, when we can um, get um, take membership fees from members to become formally members. You have to be a formal member uh, to, to vote for the chair. And this will be announced fairly soon. Um, one thing I just wanted to say um, before I close on this, Neil, is that uh, the club um, have produced a certificate for all shareholders who had their shares um uh, reduced and, and, and combined into the Lions Trust's uh, shareholding. And they called it a certificate of appreciation. You can contact Mill Football Club to obtain a certificate of appreciation because um, these were shareholders that have invested in the club over the years. Now, obviously, John Berylson is the major shareholder with one or two others, including the Trust, but one of the smaller uh, holdings. But you can get a certificate of appreciation for what you put into the Mill Football Club all those years ago from the mid-80s, whenever it was we first started floating on the uh, stock exchange till recent times. 
contact the uh, club for details. There is a we've reposted on the Lions Trust um, Twitter feed for details as to how to get it. And the Twitter feed is at the Lions Trust. So if you want to go on Twitter and find that, I'll repost it again after the show just so that people can, those that want it, can get a certificate of appreciation, um, which I think may um, become collector's items in the future if that's if that's your thing. Um, there we are. So keep keep an eye out on the on the uh, Lions Trust Twitter feed for more news once we can actually start get, getting paid members in and hopefully announce a new chair at some stage soon. Uh, yeah, well, let's hope it's a little bit better quality than the old uh, tin. No, I haven't seen it, and I've not been involved in its design, and I don't want to be involved in its design. And I don't want yeah, to no, well, I do digress, and I was being sarcastic. Uh, also, for those people that aren't on Twitter, uh, Hoff, I know that uh, Golden Balls on Hoff, yeah, Phil Clark yeah. is always up yeah. for. Uh, yeah, he posts a lot on Hoff, and I believe on Facebook on on the various Millwall groups. So there is some great interaction going yeah. to reiterate what Nick said. This is something that it isn't going to be a sexy organisation, is it? It's not going to be, yeah, you're not going to be able to, yeah, well, if you pick up a ban, you can approach a Lions Trust to take up your calls. This is very much, this is very much safeguarding and looking after our interests uh, yeah, well, not that I believe that John, you ever sound like a broken record here, <laughs> that John will ever <laughs> do anything to, to put the long-term future of this club. Uh, no, in, I mean, we, we, we um, I think, but, I, th- I think you're right. John Berylson has shown, has shown over, the, has, is, how long has he been here now? It's since about 15 odd years now, one man, you haven't, he's shown his stewardship to be very solid and exactly what we need. Um, I, I generally, you know, you and I have had debates about buying in players and stretching, overstretching the club. And as some clubs have done in the past, I don't believe that's right for Millwall. And if it does mean that we can't score a goal for a, a couple of games, well, that's... But you never know what's around the corner in football. And, you know, all things come to an end. And it's making sure that you have a supporters group that's there to look after the the fundamentals, the identity, the uh, to, to to be there as a, as a group around which fans could conceivably, if it was ever needed, look to form, um, you know, and, and save the club as a kind of like a has happened with other, other sides like Brentford in their in their time and Wimbledon in their time. Um, so it, it has that lifeboat quality, as I always call it. But yeah, for no, the time being, it's no, it's, it's 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 important, I think, to have, to have yeah, it. Yeah, no, it's superb calls. And I would urge anybody to join. I'll certainly be joining because, yeah, that we're getting on. But we do want this club to survive for another 130-odd years, don't we? Another 130-odd years of misery, heartache and <laughs> everything else. But, but, but and stereotyping. And... <laughs> Yeah, stereotyping and uh... more news, more news as and when on the Lions Trust. Neil, I thought we'd just close with a short um, rest in peace, really, for a player from the 1960s who passed away, I understand, recently. Dick, Dickie Plume, yeah, Dick Plume, a halfback for those people that don't know the name for our younger listeners or even for our older listeners. He was uh, he was one of many Tottenham born players that. Uh, we mm. bought into the den in the middle of the, of the swing 60s, but suffered 
a lot with injuries and was never really able, his career never really kicked on. And uh, he made 18 appearances, scored one goal for for the club. Went on to Leighton Orient and won a third division title with them in 69. And then appeared in a FA Trophy final for Barnet in about 1972. Went on to run several pubs and catering establishments in Kent. Uh, but, yeah, no, a, a shame because, obviously, we talk about links of the past and uh, Dickie Plume was a, was a steward of the club for many years, or for three years back in the 60s. You might be wondering what the silence is. That is because Nicky Hart Elvis impersonator has left the building. He's trying to log back in. So whilst we wait for Nicky Hart, we will play a song. Yeah, well, I was just entertaining the listeners. I had a, I had a, a, a flop. This is my age, listeners. I had a flop of internet. <laughs> oh dear, poor old, poor old Diggy Plume, halfway through his obituary, and then the the, uh, the rural um, level uh, internet that I've got here let me down. Listeners, apologies for that. Um, but yeah, um, Dickie Plume. Um, sorry, I shouldn't laugh. Dickie Plume, 1966-1969. 18 games for Millwall, Neil. One goal. Uh, and a career that took in such clubs as Millwall, Orient, Barnet, Maidstone, Canterbury, uh, Crawley and Suiting and Mitcham. Um, passed away recently. RIP, Dickie, I think. Well, Neil, I think it's probably a good time to try and wind in my uh, steam-driven internet down here. I really want to say thank you for joining me and apologies for the somewhat... Um, rugged internet stream this week we'll be back in in town from next week and hopefully back to normal mate so it's been great to talk to you yeah no hang you and, uh yeah it's great that you interrupted your your week away and walking your cat or whatever you've been out doing in the back garden <laughs> we've been we brought the cat away with us listeners and the cat's gone away so uh, it's been a success so far so yeah complete with harness apparently you can buy these right. in the club shop very soon. I'm relied. <laughs> yeah, I'd like to get that dig in, didn't I? You, you thought I'd forgotten about Absolutely. the harness. <laughs> it's all true. It's all true. Big thank you, Neil. Big thank you to you two listeners. Um, we'll edit this show, get it out online shortly. Until after the Preston game, we're back at the weekend. Until then, it's uh, Arriva Dirty Mill and bye for now. Achtung, Millwall. Mom 
deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.